Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. One thing that we've really missed during the nearly two years we've spent in COVID land has been gossip. You know, you just like simply don't get as much of the good stuff when you're trapped in quarantine and so is everyone else. Yeah, all the gossip that I experience now is like, what are the COVID protocols at my daycare right now? And are they adhering to them? And like, that's just not the juicy Mm. stuff that I crave. It doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, it's just like, it's... I understand why people feel passionately, but for me, on the juice factor, leaves something to be desired. But luckily, we can always count on our Bachelor Nation internet friends to provide. So today, we'll be gossiping about people we don't know who went on reality TV. That's what we do here. And there's been a lot of Bachelor Nation news, Bachelor Nation Nation gossip this week. Um, I do want to draw a distinction because some of the things in here are definitely gossip and some of them are definitely news, but there's a lot to discuss. It's just the two of us today. Let's dive in. And we will be sort of demarcating what is news and what is (laughs) gossip. And you've been warned here that some of what we will be talking about is conjecture and rumors. So do with that what you will. Um, So first up, we have a new host announced for the upcoming season of The Bachelor, Jesse Palmer. You really delivered that with some really good, like, (laughs) up-intonation feigned excitement. Because (laughs) when I think about Jesse Palmer, I think about it like, so we have a new host (laughs) for the upcoming season of The Bachelor. It's... It's that guy, Jesse Palmer. I have to admit, I just looked at it just now and I was like, did I write that down wrong? Is Jesse Palmer a person? <laughs> like, and it's, it's not even that he's not famous. I just, 
to me, he's lacking in that quality that makes me interested in a Jesse person. Jesse Palmer is is someone who belongs 100% of the time as like a cardboard cutout that one might see entering the, the studios of a major network like ABC. You know, someone that Taurus can pose with. He doesn't need to say anything, <laughs> but he is very chiseled, handsome. You know, if he's replacing Chris Harrison, that's fitting, I would say. I mean, he is like just another Chris Harrison, essentially. Yeah. But hopefully less racist. You know, we used to have a cardboard cutout of Chris Harrison that we had as we a did. sort of co-host on our own uh, Facebook Live version of our show. <laughs> and he added, I think, just as much as the real Chris Harrison would have. And I think you could get the same effect with a Jesse Palmer. But obviously a very telling choice after all of this, I think, to go with exactly the guy you would think before all of this happened, they would go with. But I do think there was some (laughs) thought that because Chris went down in this, like, firestorm of, like, racism and, like, allegations about the franchise's racism and sexism, that they might pivot a little bit. Even, like, the choice of Tasha and Caitlin for the past two seasons of Bachelorette that have been filmed seemed like they were taking that on board. And it felt like the reaction to those hosting choices was largely positive. Although, of course, we know that there are essentially two Bachelor Nations and we we solidly exist in only one of them. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think it is very much, as you said, exactly the person that if you were thinking about who the imagined conservative core audience of The Bachelor is— Uh, This is a person that feels chosen for that audience, someone who's going to be kind of unobtrusive, who has a tie to early seasons of The Bachelor, because, of course, he was The Bachelor, the The fifth fifth Bachelor, Bachelor. back in the day. He's best known, to me at least, in Bachelor lore for being the only lead I believe, to ever call the wrong name during a rose ceremony. So some really strong hosting indicators there. And to have to be like, oh, no, no, no. I actually meant another woman. Um, I'm sorry, you're not getting a rose. That was a classic moment. He previously hosted The Proposal, which was a truly just bananas dating show that aired a couple summers ago on ABC that was like each episode there was one anonymous suitor, um, male or female, who would try to pick a fiancé from behind a wall over the course of one episode of television. Of course, they immediately cast a sex offender or something like that. And Jesse Palmer hosted. And so clearly... And it was bad. It was bad. bad. It was bad. It didn't last. But it was another Mike Fleiss show and it's I think it's clear that Mike Fleiss loves some Jesse and like Mike Fleiss it's hard to like remember how powerful he is in Bachelor Nation World because I I don't like to pay attention to him and his little like tweets that are like oh we're gonna announce who the Bachelor is like maybe tonight and then they don't or whatever and like there's the domestic abuse allegations that quietly got disappeared but like he's like a very powerful force 
in determining what the Bachelor franchise looks like. He didn't go away. And Jesse Palmer is, of course, the person I think we could have expected him to choose. Yeah. Something that I will say is just rumor. Um, I heard that they did actually initially want Emmanuel Acho for the job, um, but he has a contract with a different network. And so he was unable to host an ABC show. That's interesting. Because he is he's a sports commentator. Yes. It's interesting that they were like, okay, well, we'll hire this host who is a sports commentator with like basically no real like entertainment hosting background in that sense. Or failing that right back to Jesse Palmer. Yeah, you get one chance to deviate from the formula. <laughs> he didn't want to. What are we going to do, guys? Uh, yeah. They definitely talked to other people. I'm pretty sure they talked to Wells. They interviewed a bunch of people. But it, I think it's pretty clear that they went with they went with a safe choice. And yeah. they're counting on Jesse sort of being a vague figurehead and and not really... I think involving himself so much in the narrative. And that that is my suspicion about what we're going to see. Yeah, going back to the Chris model, it definitely yeah. seems in these moments when you pick a Jesse Palmer, it's like, oh wow, you can really just get these positions if you're just like a white guy who with a square head. With a, you have a square head, the right, the right other guys like you. Because like just the fact of you being like a sturdy, square-headed white guy is going to make the nation look at you with a sense of trust and gravitas that you simply haven't necessarily had to earn. It's just like, no, he seems like someone who could really, you know, Wells is a little scrawny. He can really like weigh down the franchise. He's like a sturdy anchor. He has a square jaw and top of his head as well. That's what I like to see on my TV. <laughs> Must be great to have that kind of career. Congratulations to Jesse. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. That's that's yeah. my basic feeling. He'll be fine. Shall we move on to our next our next little story? Oh, Claire and Dale. This is a story with multiple offshoots, layers, blind items on Dumois. Just this is like a the the perfect mix of news and gossip. Yes. It's unfolded rapidly and yet somehow not quickly enough. So early last week, I was trying to reconstruct this timeline. People magazine reported that Claire and Dale were done again. For good this time. For Which, like, I find such an annoying thing. Because it's like, usually when people break up, they're like, it's for good. Um, that's what it means to break up. But sure. Like, it seems like it was ultimately kind of an ugly ending. The source that people had said, quote, it was mutual. It happened two weeks ago. So that brings us back to mid-September when this purportedly happened. And this happened a couple weeks also before a certain Dumois Instagram story was posted that seemed to be referencing Claire and Dale's relationship. And a third party, it said... A Bachelor favorite hooked up with a Bachelor Nation recent winner who may or may not have been on a break earlier this year. One of them is on Paradise right now, but producers won't mess up her good girl edit. I'm going to say the minute that Claire and I saw this, we were like, oh, it's got to be Abigail, right? Like, just by, you know, this has to be about 
Clarendale. Who else was on a break earlier this year and then stopped being on a break? Yeah, a recent Bachelor winner. Right. Obviously, it's Dale. It's someone who was still on Paradise towards the end of Paradise. Someone who got a particularly good edit. And it would just make sense if it was someone who lived in New York because Dale is based here. Yeah, I think that Abigail has been the person who you would most notably say has a good girl edit, except for maybe Serena. Um, So that was my only other thought when I saw it. I was like, I guess Serena has a good girl edit as well. But there would just be far fewer opportunities for her to be seeing Dale. Right, like Abigail and Dale are both like out on the town in New York. Like I'm sure they run into each other. So this this post caused some stir. And then I think the next day, Claire addressed the reported split in an Instagram post very uh, obliquely, I would say. Like she she says, quote, I hate that I even have to say this, but in response to all the questions that are coming my way right now, I'm choosing not to speak right now on the details of my relationship because at the end of the day, Anyone can put on an act or throw words together (laughs) to form any narrative they want. What I will speak on is emotionally and physically, I'm going through a lot with healing from my recent surgery still and my mother being placed on hospice care now. So my energy is focused on grieving, healing, and being present at home here in Sacramento while trying to share and help others going through similar life experiences as I'm sharing today. I'm just thankful for the people in my life who offer genuine, unconditional love with no personal gain and stand by me through thick and thin especially when the cameras are off with no accolades. Actions speak for themselves. Feels like this was throwing some shade at Dale. That mm-hmm. was certainly my reading of it. And the thing that a few eagle-eyed internet sleuths noticed quickly, because I believe the tag was only there for a brief amount of time, the picture going with this caption was a photograph of Claire holding her mother's hand, just their hands. And Abigail was tagged in this photo. I mean, it feels like to me Claire saw the Dumois posts, potentially had been getting some receipts about various things that she perhaps had not known about her relationship and basically was like, fuck it, I want everyone to know this shit is true. Yeah. And it tagged her. Definitely seems like in some way a reaction to that Dumas post, the timing and the nature of the way that she spoke about the breakup. There was nothing, you know, like, we have the greatest respect for each other, but, like, there is definitely some serious bitterness in this caption. And the choice to tag Abigail, that's chaos. That is chaos. Yes, it's chaos. It's chaos. But, look, we know Claire to be somewhat chaotic, and <laughs> she's she's really been through it recently. So yeah. I give her I give her. A, a fair amount of grace here. Let's give her some latitude. Yeah. Uh, Abigail, it seems likely that Abigail untagged herself. Um, yes. Because people pointed out that you can, if you are tagged in a post, you can not just like have it not show up in your tagged photos, but you can actively remove that tag yourself. Yeah. 
And Claire did not, like, tag her handle in the caption or anything. (laughs) It feels, like, akin to, like, doing, like, a hidden message in your email that's, like, in wipe than if you highlight it. Like, I feel like I've seen newsletters do that to be, like, cute. And in the olden days, I used to see people doing that kind of thing. like, chain emails. Yeah, it's, like, the hidden message. Like, if you highlight it, you'll see. Um, but of course, the first thing people will do if they see a breakup post from Claire is be like, oh, there's a little tag icon. Who's tagged? Is it Dale? Like, is it Abigail? Like, this is better than I even imagined. Um, so it's po- it's most likely, it seems like, that Abigail untagged herself. Maybe Claire was like, that was a little too intense even for for me. But either way, the po- the tag wasn't there for long. But clearly not an accident like you don't just accidentally tag the person that everyone think. thinks like uh, hooked yeah. up with if, your if, if it had <laughs> been a little more random then maybe but no 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 no. it yeah. feels like she just like woke up and was like burn it all to the ground i am being yeah. barraged with questions about this breakup and they're and... both connected enough in bachelor in recent bachelor nation that it actually doesn't seem that hard to believe that Claire could could get some better confirmation within 24 hours just by oh, asking yeah. questions of people who had been like, I'm not going to interfere or like, not my business. Oh, yeah. It's also totally believable that like Abigail and Dale had like hung out in New York at some point. She m- may have thought he was broken up with Claire because it was unclear for a while and that they like hooked up one time like that wouldn't be surprising at all even the wording of the Dumois post is a little odd because it says that the recent winner may or may not have been on a break earlier this year Dale and Claire as far as the public knows definitely broke up for a while right yes I think what I've seen surmised is that it's unclear what the state of their relationship was at the time that this was Right, so that's the thing, is that when you read it quickly, you're sort of like, oh, so they were on a break. But when you read it again, it's like, it's actually not clear that it's saying that they were on a break at the time. It's more that, like, he is the winner who was on a break earlier this year. Right. um, And not necessarily at the time that this happened. Yeah, so I wouldn't really put that on... Abigail no uh to be because uh, I mean obviously just based on the fact that he's the one in the relationship but also there was I think a lot specifically around Claire and Dale a lack of clarity around when they got back together and the state of their relationship because they were trying to play it pretty cool and it looks like possibly Dale took some advantage of that which yeah sucks it sucks it sucks for Claire, and it also sucks for Abigail to be dragged into yeah. this. And it sucks for us, because we were really rooting for Claire <laughs> to be happy with Dale. And you know what? I, <laughs> I'm i making this about me. I'm, I'm bummed for Claire. I feel like there's been such an upsetting and gross kind of glee at the way that Bachelor Nation tends, or at least certain segments, tend to consume news about her, like this sense that she's just extra pathetic and that her relationship with Dale could never have worked and that if it didn't work, it's her fault. And like almost this celebratory feeling of being proved right by their breakup. And I don't know, I just find that depressing and sad. And it's like there is this 
weird tendency we have where it's like that open desire for a relationship when you are, you know, into your 30s or 40s is pathetic. But being a 23-year-old who goes on the show and sobs leaving because she'll never find love, like, that's fine. That's endearing. And it just, I don't know, maybe it's just also like my particular sensitivity getting older myself, but it, I really, I want to see good things for Claire. She's, yeah. She's intense, but she's, it's not like she's ever done anything so horrible that, that we know about. I am upset, especially contrasting it to what's been going on on Paradise, where there are all of these central core serious relationships between men who are like five to 15 years older than the women that they're in a relationship with. And that is treated as like kind of cute and like, yeah adorable and aspirational and then we have claire who is what like six seven years older than dale and like incredibly gorgeous and hot and desirable and being treated in this way that's like well what do you expect like of course he's gonna want a woman who's like younger and less pathetic right it just like makes me sick like same yeah, they're, they're, the way that it, like, affirms what people believe about, like, which women should get to be desirable and how much they enjoy that, it seems like, is It's really, really, really upsetting. It's almost this this feeling and something that I think certainly fucking scares me about getting older. This idea that, like, okay, well, Claire has passed her prime desirable years. Now she should just go away. She should stop you know, quote, wanting attention. She should stop, like, being in the spotlight. No one cares about her. She's had her moment, like, disappear. Like, we we seem to have this collective desire for women once they pass a certain age. Like, you're no longer a useful object to us. We would prefer that you go away. But men never really reach that point. Yeah. You know, Kenny has never said I love you to anyone in his life before Mari. He never even had to think about whether he wanted to get married. And we're like, oh, beautiful. The show is celebrating this. <laughs> you know, he, is, he and Claire, I believe, are the exact same age. Yeah. They're both 40. I mean, and Claire just turned 40. Like, yeah, I hate it. I hate and, it. And you know what? They both look great. And yeah, they're both really hot. For him, it's almost like looking hot, like, erases any negative impact that his age might have on his portrayal on the show or how he's perceived by the other people on the beach or in the audience. But for Claire, it's like, you can look perfect and it doesn't fucking matter. You're 40 and you're right. pathetic and you should go home. And for the first time, I was, like, really thinking as I, like, I've always been a very, like, why would you be embarrassed to be cheated on them? Like, that's a reflection of their behavior, not you. Like, why would you be embarrassed to be cheated on? And for, like, almost the first time, this is, like, sad that I have never really seen it this way before or, like, understood this. But, like, the humiliation of of just, well, you should have just been better at being desirable to a man. Like, you should have just been younger, and, like, chiller. Like, you should have just been those things. And since you're not, like, why would anyone root for you? Like, of course he left you. He should have. Like, I'm projecting now at a certain point, but, like, there's been a strong overtone of a lot of that over the whole Dale and Claire debacle from front to end. And I agree. I, it's, yeah. It also seems pretty clear to me in this that Claire did get some sort of information 
that made her react because Dale's rep ultimately gave a statement to people. Um, Did this come out today, yesterday? Very recently. And it said basically that, you know, affirmed the timeline that the two of them broke up in mid-September, that she had chosen to fly back to Sacramento after their split. And then Claire's mother's condition worsened. And so Dale had flown out to Sacramento to be with her. Um, And then the next day, Dale flew to Los Angeles and had the intention of coming back. But in that, like, 24-hour period, Claire had blocked his number. I'm just going to say, there's probably a reason she blocked his number. Yeah, no, it definitely (laughs) seems like they had already broken up, but then it was fairly amicable. Yeah. And then uh, she received this information and decided it was not going to be amicable anymore. And honestly, I wouldn't want to see him either at my dying right. mother's like, bedside. Jesus, she's taking care of her mother, who she's spoken about a lot, how much her mother means to her and how painful, you know, watching her go through this illness has been. She's just gone through a breakup and she's recovering from surgery. Like, uh, Yeah. I don't know. Can't this woman fucking catch a break? He also, in the statement, kind of addressed why he hasn't spoken up about any of these rumors or the report about them splitting up before and says, you know, Dale's chosen not to speak publicly regarding all these reports because he wants to give Claire and her family the respect they need during this difficult time. Dale knows what it is like to watch a mother's health deteriorate over time and how devastating that is. He hopes that people will understand the current situation enough to respect everyone's privacy during this time. It also reminded me that during their previous breakup, didn't he, like, post on Instagram? And then she was like, I didn't know he was going to post on Instagram. Like, not making that mistake again, clearly. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to not touch this. this. Let's just, this was definitely a better way to go. I'll say that this statement felt totally fine innocuous to me like (laughs) very very careful very careful innocuous statement doesn't address the abigail thing directly doesn't deny it yeah not worth it it. frankly not worth it also it's probably true so probably is bother denying it exactly (laughs) (laughs) uh meanwhile speaking of abigail she does not seem to be uh stuck on dale at all yeah Noah and Abigail, as reported on the Bachelor in Paradise credits, are indeed, it seems like, back together. She, At least in, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. She has been um, with him and his family very recently. You know, there was, her voice was noticed in the background of one of Noah's recent Instagram stories. Her and laugh. Then, her laugh, her cute laugh. <laughs> and then... Um, someone spotted Abigail in a family photo of them all, like, sitting in the backyard together um, on Noah's sister's Instagram. Y'all, people will spot everything. (laughs) Incredible. So I was, like, way deep down some sort of TikTok hole and, like, totally lost track of up is down, down is up, etc. But I, like, heard at some point, God, this is such bad attribution. <laughs> a rumor that, like, Noah and Abigail wanted to leave together but not get engaged. And production pressured them to break up 
for a dramatic breakup instead of going through the process and leaving together. I mean, I buy it. They don't, they do not want anyone just being like, let's, you know, let's date. <laughs> they don't want that. It's <laughs> they not, didn't it's not have any of those at the end. Some, right. like, I always find it a little suspect when it's like, they don't have to get engaged at the end, but somehow the only couples left all get engaged. Like everyone wanted to either break up or get engaged. Like, no, obviously not. That's why like a bunch of them are back together now. <laughs> right. That's why like Becca was, le- she's like, yeah, I know I can always just like text him after this, but I'm not trying to do this bullshit that the show yeah. forces you into. I mean, it doesn't, it, it so often does not serve couples. Like, look at Claire and Dale. I do not think a forced engagement after a, a couple weeks really served them. No? No. no. Weirdly, oh, okay. no. okay, interesting. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> the weird thing about this rumor to me is that Abigail seemed so genuinely upset. And my only two thoughts on if this theory is accurate, which I do totally buy, (laughs) full disclosure, um, my only two thoughts are the producers approached Noah about it specifically and, and had him do it without telling Abigail. Or they told them both, but then he said some stuff that he didn't need to say for the scene. And she started to take it personally. Oh, interesting. Which he did say, you're not my person, like, 17 times. 12 times. It was a lot. (laughs) And also because she kept saying things that, like, almost if if she were in on it, I would expect her to not bring up, like, litigating with him. Like, but you just said you were falling in love with me yesterday. You know? Like, she was pointing out that his actions came out of nowhere. And... If she knew why they were happening, I wonder if I, if she would have played it a little more like, what? Oh, my God. I didn't expect this. Like, I thought that. But she very specifically was like, I'm sorry. Like, you you just said yesterday that you were f- falling in love with me. I don't know. I don't I actually don't buy that Abigail knew about it. I will await further reporting on this. But I I think it could oh, be I the don't case think that she... Noah did. Yeah, I don't think that she knew about it. I could see it being, like, a little more subtly produced than, hey, we think you guys should just break up. Or something where it's framed, like, look, man, if you're feeling these kind of doubts, that's sort of saying to me that you have doubts about this relationship. And do you really want to drag Abigail through all of this and through the intimacy of a fantasy suite just to, like, humiliate her by not proposing? You know, I, I can see there's a way to produce that to get someone to come to that conclusion that this is the thing they need to do without being like, no, you cannot leave together, not engage. You need to break up dramatically. Yeah. yeah, often when there is someone who behaves, who seems to be like acting out in a way that doesn't make any sense, I think the two most common realities are they got a ton of production pressure that got in their head and made them do something weird or the show edited around all of the signs that would lead up to them doing it in a coherent and logical way (laughs) and could have really been either, but I'm sure he got a ton of production pressure. They all do. That's why they all break up or get engaged. That's not a normal outcome to all these people spending a month on the beach together. Uh, I think now we have to talk about something that is news and that is uh, not gossipy at all and that's very serious. Just want to offer a light trigger warning before Mm -hmm. we get into this one. Um, We will be discussing themes of sexual abuse. So 
if you do not want to hear a discussion about that, I would recommend skipping forward a few minutes. So what we what we are referring to is that Claire recently went on Red Table Talk, the Estefans, to discuss her experience of being sexually abused when she was young by a priest. And I think we have a brief clip of this. These predators bank on us being silent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. These predators bank on us not saying anything and not opening our mouth. Absolutely. And that gives them that power. Yes. And that's why after 39 years, instead of letting it affect me negatively, I thought, how do I take the power back? Because for so long, the weight that I was carrying was unworthiness, mm. embarrassment, feeling not worthy of the church standing up for me. Right. And now I thought, you know what? This is not my burden to carry anymore. What I'm going to carry is being a survivor, being proud that this is not mine to hold on to. It's it's a 25-minute episode, which we can link in, in the show notes. And Claire is sort of the, Claire's story is the biggest chunk of it, but there are other stories shared as well. And it's really worth watching the whole episode um, if you if you can. It was yeah. really, really moving. And her story was absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, really horrifying. Um, basically, she she opens up about being a young student. She was in elementary school. Um, and she was very shy and reserved and because she was really struggling to open up and be part of the class, she was sent for counseling at the school with a priest who, you know, like in many <laughs> religious settings, um, clergymen are often used in lieu of like mental health care. And um, she was sent to him for counseling about this shyness and Instead, um, she was abused by him during these sessions. And she basically says that she just had to force herself to be more outgoing and to stop acting shy so that she could avoid ever being sent back to him. Oh, it's really... She also talks about kind of the place that priests held in her family cultures and specifically with her mother um, you know, who grew up Catholic and her mother is Mexican. And so uh, the Estefans sort of talked about the the power of that in a lot of Mexican families. Um, and so I think in, in Claire's family dynamic, there was also, also just a baseline sense that priests were these almost godlike figures who could do no wrong. Um, eventually, she did tell her family about what had happened and they did ultimately sue the school um but it really impacted she said the way that she felt like her parents and specifically her mother treated her moving forward after they found out um and i believe that she said that the church what they ended up doing was moving that priest out of her school but moving him into another parish and that he had gone on after that to sexually abuse other children. 
absolutely, absolutely horrifying. Um, and as Gloria Estefan points out in the episode, that was something that the church was doing a lot oh, for years. Yeah. If you ever, if you followed the any of that, like slowly yeah. unrolling um, news story as it was happening about the the crisis or if you, of child or if abuse you've seen in the church, spotlight, if you've seen spotlight. I mean, that was the thing, you know, as a Catholic, I think sometimes, or, you know, culturally Catholic, I think there can be a little bit of, like, almost like, oh, well, I mean, it's unfair that it's, like, associated now, the church, with this. There's so much child abuse, child sexual abuse in in every setting, like, in every church setting, in every school setting. Um, It's more common than people like to think. But the way that the church systematically covered it up by moving people to different parishes with different victims is specific and incredibly disturbing. Yes. And so she uh, and the Estefans talk about this very movingly. And she she says that as her mother, more recently, she she spoke to her mom about this again. And her mom told her that she had also survived uh child sexual abuse and or or some sort of sexual abuse experience and that that was partly why it was so difficult for her to handle what had happened to her daughter and um so it's a very difficult very emotional um topic and I think Claire is very eloquent on it and it's just really it's really difficult also because Dale is part of the episode yeah, and they were together when it was made and he joins for part of the conversation and is used as kind of an example. You know, Claire talks about how this abuse led her to spending years like pursuing relationships with men who didn't value her. And Dale is kind of like the pot of gold at the end of the shitty rainbow, like to finally find love that's really affirming. And it's, it just, it's, so so shitty for her for this episode to come out as that is being like exposed as like not as true as she thought it was and it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's absolutely heartbreaking and I just I don't know I just really want I want good things for her and I want her to be respected and I hope she finds the space to really heal and be surrounded by love because it feels like these next, you know, coming weeks and months are likely going to be very, very difficult for her. Yeah. I co-sign all of that. And on that note, we are going to take a short break and we will be right back with something I would say is more bachelor gossip. Yeah. Yeah. More gossip. <laughs> or both. We'll take a minute to collect ourselves <laughs> yeah. uh, and meet you back here for a slight tonal shift. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to thanks so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new 
luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful, and I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks, and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we are back. So Claire, can, can you tell the people what our next topic of conversation is? Yeah, we're going to be talking about Brendan and Piper. They broke up. Or they didn't break up. And that's kind of the Schrodinger's cat dilemma that we are tackling here. There was an Us Magazine report recently that claimed that the relationship went sour after Piper actually saw Brendan's arc on Paradise. And she was bothered by how he pursued other options. Um, It's a little vague on what bothered her, but she was bothered. She wasn't happy. And that they split up. 
Did you get the sense that this story was planted by Piper's camp? Yes, um, <laughs> definitely. The thing about Piper, so the Piper and Brendan thing has been so thorny for me to to unpack how I feel about Piper and all of this because Brendan obviously did most of the really bad stuff, like the kind of like cold-blooded, like yes. lie through your teeth stuff. Um, also, he's significantly older than Piper, who is 23, and like still like in that really young, like naive, like doesn't maybe necessarily understand all the consequences of her actions phase of life. The thing that almost bothers me the most about how Piper has been through all this is the way that she's constantly like, anyway, uh, I didn't do anything. Brendan did it. Like, don't involve me in all of that. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, he's my boyfriend. Like, she's consistently been trying to be like, don't associate me with my boyfriend. Like, I'm not responsible for what my boyfriend did to be in a relationship with me by lying to another girl. Like, it's just, like, weird. He, if you're his girlfriend, why do you keep throwing him under the bus in your public statements? The whole thing has been very weird. I don't actually think we ever saw... Not that Piper needed to apologize to Natasha for Brendan's behavior, because, yes, she's right. She is not responsible for it. But she also was, at times, not very kind uh, to Natasha and said sh- some shitty things and, like took actions that resulted in, you know, a dark-skinned Black woman on TV being framed as, like, an object of derision and disrespect. And it it just would have been nice to see her take a little bit of responsibility for that, even if she privately feels that she doesn't have a responsibility to. It's like, that's how the show kind of used her. Yeah, I think that you have to, like, honestly, she was saying bitchy stuff about Natasha yes. on, on camera. <laughs> Why? Because I think she thought that she was going to get framed as, like, the sweet young thing, the, like, hot young thing. And Natasha was going to be, like, the sad and desperate girl who couldn't move on, who was, like, attaching too much importance to things. And Piper was, like, the star of the show. And it didn't play that way. And so she kind of backpedaled, but she didn't really apologize for how she was kicking Natasha when she thought Natasha was down. It just wasn't a good look. I think she could have handled it better. I don't know. I don't particularly care. Like, I don't, it's not like I wish them to not be together. It's almost, the whole thing is almost sadder if they're not together. Like, really? Like, all All of this? All of that for, like, a one-month relationship? Yeah. Oi. Uh, Oi. Yeah. Um, ultimately, people noticed they did follow unfollow each other on Instagram, but neither of them has posted anything explicitly acknowledging that they've broken up. It's very odd. Another thing that's been floating around is that right before this news item dropped was the Governor's Ball, um, a music festival in New York City, and a lot of Bachelor people were there. It's the and new stagecoach. It's the new stagecoach. It really is. Uh, why didn't we go? We could have really <laughs> just been listening in on gossip. Um, no. Unfortunately, I, I I went in like 2011 and that was enough for me. But, <laughs> but one of the co-hosts of the Bachelor podcast, Kay, um, is sort of an Instagram personality. And she was hanging out with a lot of the girls from Matt's season at GovBall. And she said on 
her podcast that during the time they were hanging out, Piper mentioned her, quote, boyfriend in Boston, which presumably would be Brendan. Maybe while she was visiting Brendan, she met someone else and they very quickly got into a relationship. (laughs) I mean, it's been known to happen, I guess. Yeah. Or they broke up the next day. There are a couple basic... Yeah, there are a couple ways this could be all be true. They just broke up, like, right after that. Or Piper didn't want to reveal that they had broken up and was acting like things were normal until, like, the news leaked. Or it's possible that they're still together and they're just trying to deflect scrutiny and attention by making it seem like they're no longer a thing. We also know that, right, like we know that bachelor couples often kind of part ways, at least publicly, for a period of time because the the press attention, especially when it's negative, can be pretty brutal. I mean, we did see Matt and Rachel break up for a little while and then get back together in a more under-the-radar way. I think it was the news was broken in the Wall Street Journal. Um, <laughs> Wasn't it in that, in that big, like, profile Yes, of profile yeah, of Matt, but it was photos. not... It, gorgeous photos, but mm-hmm. it was really not, like, the main event at all. Yeah. Um, and it was not in a tabloid pub, uh, publication. So I, I could see them trying to do that, just saying, like, it's not worth it for us to be a public couple. Let's take some space apart and regroup and see if we still want to be together in another month. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's true. I mean, the thing, like, part of me is saying, oh, well, they should have broken up if they're doing it to deflect attention when people were actually paying attention, which I don't think they really are anymore. Like, the show has moved on. There's new gossip. Um, They're no longer hemorrhaging quite as many followers. But it's also true that they have not made a public thing of their relationship at all since. So it could just be the next stage in laying low about their relationship and being like, nothing good will be served by being a couple in public right now. They they haven't been like doing the oh, now that we're both off the show, like, here's the the Instagram stories of us, like, giggling together in the car or, like, making out by the pool or whatever. They've been pretty quiet on that front. And so I guess, in a way, they have already been trying to downplay it. But I don't know. Something uh, smells a little fishy. Something's off with this. I guess we'll just have to watch their Instagrams. <laughs> we're going to have to watch their <laughs> I had forgotten about them, and now I'm like, I'm back on Piper and Brendan. I'm paying attention again. Maybe that's it. <gasps> they want people to re-follow they them. They did it. They, they did it. That's it. They want people uh, to re-follow them to see if they get back together. I've decided that's what's really going on. And because it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. I'm going to want to check in on them constantly uh, to see if they're back together. So next up in Bachelor in Paradise couple gossip i guess (laughs) dean revealed on his podcast with jared which podcast is that is that the help i suck at dating dating. where now they're both in like stable long-term relationships what do they talk about anymore i guess they talk about how the bachelor in paradise producers tried to get dean to propose to kaylin during their appearance on the show (laughs) he wow he wisely declined (laughs) poor kaylin is like Really? (laughs) 
they managed to have the, as their little scripted appearance. That's like Kaylin being like, let's get engaged, please. And team being like, nah, <laughs> I'm like, that's a, okay. That works too. That's, I, I love how the, the producers just like never fail to shoot their shot. Yeah. They're like what? Maybe we could get four proposals out You've of this season. You've got to ask. Didn't they get like Benoit to propose to Claire on the after show or something? Like, Oh, wow. There have been I some really wildly time. They definitely got Derek to propose Derek to, to Taylor. Derek to propose to Taylor. Yeah. I, there were I know some. He was, he was pressured to do that for well, sure. Well, but yeah, they at, like you could look yeah. at that and be like, no, he's not going to do that. Or you could be like, maybe he will. And if you only get it like 30% of the time, that's still a lot of on-air proposals that would never have happened if he left them to their own devices. Yeah, I like that, that Dean is like, just far enough away from the show in general like this cameo sort of random so he's in the clip he's like i mean i think i think i can share this right i don't i don't see why why i can't share this it's like i dean i don't think they would desire you to share that but sure <laughs> i mean i don't think you're gonna get in trouble he might not That's be funny. asked back to host the finale of bachelor in paradise again Shucks. um <laughs> which is sad for me i always enjoy seeing him and kaylin um but it wouldn't have seemed like a very Dean move. I don't think that I would I would feel comfortable seeing Dean do a, a proposal on TV. It just doesn't seem like a Dean thing to do. Dean is going to propose if he They're ever does. They're going to be on a hike. It's going to be on a, a hike. Beautiful location. Beautiful location. Sweeping They're, vistas. They're going to have just like spent the night in their van together and the next day, Kaylin or whichever lucky lady it might be will post a picture of her hand framed by the van door looking out at a beautiful vista. And, oh, there's a ring on it. You know, that's that's a Dean proposal. I agree. And you know what? I, I do kind of think it will be Kaylin. I think their relationship seems good from the outside as a stranger who doesn't know them. It seems, <laughs> it seems nice. I'm a fan. Yeah, I think they are one of those classic... I think of them as kind of a different genre of the, like, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Megan Kelly relationship. Megan Fox? Megan Fox. Megan oh, my God. Kelly, <laughs> See, Jesus. I was like, Megan is a Kelly. No, Megan Fox. Or, uh, obviously. Different vibe. Uh, obviously, Kravis, which is, like, the guy who's sort of just, like, I my look is dirtbag, and I'm weird, and I do my thing, and I don't care. And the woman's like, I'm glamorous, and I'm on Instagram. But somehow, we really get along. <laughs> they have a beautiful house together. Or at least they a very do. expensive-looking house. They Not really to my house taste, and, but... and they, they do a lot of traveling. It looks fun. Yeah, they really have it all. They have a cute dog. And uh, what, there's nothing else to say about Dean and Kaylin. Super no. happy that they didn't have to get engaged during a sad little moment on a rose palapa. Me too. I'm very relieved for the <laughs> two of them and their future happiness. On that note, I think it's time for us to move on. And to a spoiler alert section. Okay, let's be clear about <laughs> luck. If you don't follow the news, if you never see an E! News article or a People magazine article, you block all of those on social media, you might consider this a spoiler. It has been published in all sorts of mainstream publications. The news is out. Everyone knows. Yeah. uh, But if you do not want to know one single thing about the upcoming season of The Bachelor, which has been, again, highly publicized, but 
Some people have insisted to us that this is spoiler territory. So we are warning you. We're warning you. Yes. We're not, and this will not include any spoilers in the sense of any dates. No, it's just a spoiler in the sense of who is the next Bachelor. We are going to talk about that. That is a spoiler. Listen, I am sympathetic to feeling spoiled by this knowledge. I blame The Bachelor for doing that because they cast him so far in advance of him being potentially at some point eliminated from Michelle's season that we were definitely going to find out. Plus, the Hollywood Reporter and E. And it's whatever. Yes, we never stood a chance of not finding out who it was. And it's a shame because now we're going to watch this guy's whole arc on Michelle's season and be like, he's not going to win. It's it's unfortunate that ABC felt the need to do that, but apparently this guy just stole their hearts and they were like, he needs to do Bachelor immediately, if not sooner. And now that I've seen him and Jesse Palmer next to each other, <laughs> I get it. Jesse is like, this is Jesse Palmer's large adult son. <laughs> <laughs> so his name is Clayton Echard. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? I have no idea. How else would you pronounce it? I was like, Clayton Etchard. Etchard? I don't know. Clearly, I don't know. We've never seen this man be introduced <laughs> to us. It's not our fault. <laughs> um, yeah, he and Jesse are both very rectangular of head, rectangular of body, um, just rectangle men. And a, a lot of strong jaw The action. jaw. The jaw is prominent. And it's, the forehead is prominent <laughs> on both. There's a photo leaked of them, like, sitting next to each other, having one of those heart-to-hearts. And it's like a twinning moment. (laughs) It's like, how are there two of them? In fairness, I guess they both have football physique. You know, you need the the sturdy rectangular upper body and the sturdy rectangular jaw and forehead um, to play football. It's a requirement. Some people don't know this. Speaking of which, let's get to his biographical information. He's 28. He's a medical sales rep, specifically orthopedics. And he played football at the University of Missouri and very briefly for the Seahawks for like a a hot minute in the preseason or something. You know, good for him. (laughs) Yeah. Many people never make it to that point. It's true. And as we have discussed, The Bachelor is an incredible, incredible, uh, you know, breeding ground for almost successful, lightly professional former yeah. athletes. It's like, it's like a specially designed habitat. Like, you know, it's the, like limbo. It's a habitat like a for, designed for a, a, you, a man who was drafted into the NFL, but not, you know, not drafted maybe, but picked up in some sort of like post-draft training camp scenario. And they kept him on. For a month, but then he and was then released before the season yeah. started. It's a habitat designed for men like that. They just put them, you know, into a little tunnel and they come out the other side and they're on The Bachelor. Yeah. And then it's like the pandas at the zoo. They're like, we've designed this perfect habitat for you to mate. So go do it. And if you don't manage it now, we'll keep trying. You know, we'll put you on paradise. We'll put you on your own season of The Bachelor. We'll keep trying until you get married or come out. And that is our <laughs> promise to you as as almost NFL players. Um, so 
his bachelorette bio says he's from Missouri. He loves a woman who is, quote, funny, independent, intelligent, and athletic enough to join him at the gym for a workout. No, thank you. Absolutely not. His mom is a teacher. These are facts, I think, that are specifically chosen maybe to sort of highlight his similarities with Michelle. Um, yes. But still good to know. He His fun facts, he had a mohawk in college. He wants to own multiple gyms. Oh, God. I can't even say this last thing. I'm uncomfortable just reading it in our notes, I will admit. He has... Do you want me to say it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He has a quote. This is a quote. Want to be clear, this is a quote. A quote, rapping alter ego named Clado, spelled like Play-Doh. I'm upset. (laughs) I didn't need to know this. I hope not to ever meet this alter ego, but now I fear we will. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, how uh, Michael from The Office has an alter ego that goes on dates. And it's just like, no, put put date Mike away. No one wants to see date Mike. And I certainly don't want to see Clayton's rapping alter ego. The fact that he put this in his bachelor, uh, bachelorette questionnaire troubles me profoundly. And it makes me think we're going to see, we're going to see some freestyle rapping from Clado. God damn it. The bachelor, we speak about it as a rich habitat for almost NFL players, but it's also a rich habitat for the kind of white person who thinks it's super adorable that they freestyle rap when they're drunk. It's like Hannah G. She's a, another prime example of, yeah. of this type. Yeah. And just, we just want to say, don't do it. Yeah. Put Clay-Doh to bed. Yeah. Being a white person who does a rap, that a bad, bad rap that you wrote every now and then is not a personality. Or it should I be. Hope, I hope we get to see an actual personality of his emerge because I'm going to really be watching him on Michelle's <laughs> season with an eye of, does this man have enough charisma to properly narrate and shepherd us through a season of television. We already know that Jesse Palmer will be of no help. Yeah. So it's really going to fall on Clayton. I mean, here's the thing. We're kind of at the mercy of the people who are close to the situation, who want him to be a successful bachelor, like leaking stuff that will get people excited about him. So everyone's like, oh, He's so amazing. He comes off so well. He seems like such a great, genuine guy. Like, they just loved him so much. It's like, well, yeah, everyone who has anything to say about him from the show is, like, with production and picked him and wants him to be good. Like, there's no reason there'll be bad rumors about him right now. I hope he is a lovely guy. Me too. I hope he's just the nicest rectangle we've ever met. And I will say his Instagram bio does reference rapping again. Um, It's, quote, former freestyle rapper and washed-up athlete now trying his luck in orthopedic sales. Don't love that he's front-loading with (laughs) rapping again. But I... He's trying a little self-deprecation here. Yeah, the washed-up athlete thing I do enjoy. Always better for me when we have a lead with just a touch of self-awareness. Not enough, clearly, because of the Clado thing, but a touch. 
Yeah, it's like a, the Sean Lowe vibe of like a light roasting of himself. Yeah, I, actually, I am getting Sean Lowe vibes from this. We'll see. We'll we, see how it goes. We will see. We have no choice. No. <laughs> We're going to be watching. And this brings us to, honestly, this is my favorite piece of gossip. Same. I wish we had saved more time for this, like a full hour. But <laughs> let's talk about truly like the juiciest piece of gossip I have seen in a long time. If someone I went to college with did what we are about to describe, it would be group text content for like the rest of my life. This is incredible. Absolutely. Incredible stuff. So for context, um, ABC did the thing where they release a bunch of photos and names of the women who have sort of made it to the final round of casting. There's always, it's always like the majority of the cast plus a few extras who, so they have some wiggle room to cut some people before they actually start filming. Um, So when they released the names of these women, someone discovered that one of them, Sally Carson, was very recently engaged. Yeah, I think the first thing I saw was a Reality Steve tweet about this. Um, I'm not sure if this was the initial discovery or not, but she was she was scheduled to get married the day after the cast list was released. The day after, according to a Crate and Barrel registry featuring her name and that of a man called Avery Buchholz. Buchholz. Um... She had Instagram pictures up of her at her bachelorette party the previous month, like weeks, <laughs> weeks before the announcement of her being in the cast, potentially. I mean, and her, the beginning of filming, which started last week. It looks like her Facebook profile was like filled with multiple photos. I think like her the, main profile picture. Her main was, profile picture and the the like banner photo. They were both separate photos of her and her fiance from what seems to be an engagement shoot i believe yeah, it has she's that in very like distinct white. vibe there's, there's lots soft of, lighting mm-hmm. they're in a field he's like hugging her in a white gown from behind and they're laughing and laughing and laughing um yeah this is bananas like what how <laughs> how does this happen because like so <laughs> the wedding must have been called off sometime but between the bachelorette, the bachelorette party. party and and the casting the decision being made, which presumably was before the day they released it. Um, so there was maybe like a two-week window where this could have happened. <laughs> but isn't the casting process like kind of involved? I mean... Like if you got they, dumped, can you just be like, I'm calling ABC and I'm going on The Bachelor tomorrow? Or like... Maybe... <laughs> Like, sometimes they have been known to sort of have people skip the queue. If someone was referred by someone or for some reason someone was already in the system or had been for a couple of years, and then they'll go yeah, back to them. Yeah, that's what was my one thought. was like, what if she was Did she apply when she was 22 them, or something? And then she, yeah, then yeah. she got into a relationship, was like, never mind, I'm getting married. And then gets, I don't know, dumped or something happens with the wedding and she just, I like, calls production and is like, new plan, I'm single again and I want to go on this next season. Okay, like, I need her 
I desperately hope she's on the final cast because I need this to be a plot point. And I, I need to I know why this it. why this marriage why this marriage, why this engagement ended. I need I'm to curious, know. Like they do cast a little padding um and release with a little padding. It seems directly in response to the problem of casting men who turn out to be like actual abusers um, so that they can yank them from the cast before the show is filmed. And it's, of course, with women, it's like, (laughs) it's not that. It's like, oh, she was engaged to be married and now she's not. And like, that's that's, (laughs) the biggest uh, scandal. (laughs) That's the big scandal. Well, that's the kind of scandal that I crave. No, but that's the thing. It's a scandal I crave. I worry that production might see people's reaction and be like, oh, we have to pull her from the cast. I hope that they are smart enough to know that all I want is a sit-down date between Clayton and Sally where she has to tell the story of exactly what happened with her wedding that got called off. And I need it to happen um, with all due respect to her privacy and personal autonomy. With, I really with want only that. light respect to her. <laughs> as much as possible. I'm <laughs> saying what I would like to happen, not that The Bachelor should you know, coerce her in any way. But, like, it would be incredible content if she wanted to just go on there and torch him. Um, I'd love to watch it. Would absolutely, absolutely love, love to see it. (laughs) Here's what we do have, a little more poking around that that various T accounts have done. Her her ex, Avery Buchholz, is a neurosurgeon. He was previously married in 2016 to Ebony Hilton, who is also a doctor, I actually found an article which referred to her as the first Black female anesthesiologist at the Medical University of South Carolina. So a very, oh, very impressive. successful, impressive woman. There was a fair amount of coverage of their wedding and engagement because they're both like high profile in the medical world in their area. He's very successful This brings me to another point, which is that Sally, as we said, is 26. This guy is, like, 40. Like, he graduated from college in 2003. Ebony, his his first wife, appears to be around the same age. So, like, Mm. I'm already getting, like, real bad vibes about this. Yeah, it it feels sort of like maybe this is for the best for Sally. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fact that like, she's nothing. just like such like blonde 26 year old Southern belle sort like type just from her like photos. And the fact that, that this guy like broke up uh, with his like impressive, very successful powerful, wife who was the same age as him, who was the same age as him. And then is like, has this like very, Oh, elaborately photographed engagement to a blonde 26-year-old is just, like, it's a trope that I do not care to see being played out, and I I don't want either of the women to have to be involved in this situation, quite frankly. And anyway, sorry, I'm just, like, speechless with how annoyed I am. Like, the more I looked into this, I was like, this fucking guy. Like, he's quoted in all these stories about, I mean, all like, you know, like, university journals and stuff like giving quotes about his first wife and like how impressive she is and how beautiful and like smart and I'm like what happened fucker why are you engaged to a 26 year old like blonde now anyway let Sally live let her <laughs> roast this guy on national tv let yes. her just run around the United States 
making out with a, a very rectangular headed <laughs> gentleman. Her her fiance could never have such a rectangular head. Very few people can. It is a I mean, I'm looking at his face right now. It's it's, <laughs> it's far quite striking. Less, yeah, far less rectangular. Yeah, but so anyway, the the rumor, um, the the rumor portion of this is that Bachelor Nation scoop the uh, Bachelor gossip account on Instagram got some DMs from multiple <laughs> unconfirmed sources saying that his divorce was never finalized. And that is at least in part why the wedding was canceled. So if that were the case, then it would mean that yes, Sally was like engaged and was supposed to be married, like as filming was beginning, but also um, not a good situation for her at all there to be like getting married to someone who is still married. Um, I feel like very healthiest reaction you could possibly have to that is to immediately go on The Bachelor. And on that note, that's it for this bonus episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, tell all your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us get the word out about our new name. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clarenemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Substack at clarenemma.substack.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back soon to kick off Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. Stitcher. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.